0: What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev. No, Josh. He is in Seattle. Kev, what's going on?
1: Putting in the hard miles, you know. After uh, no one wants to be here, but you know, <laughs> we show up. Unlike some people. No, I'm kidding, Josh. That's um, there's completely legitimate reasons. Um, no, I'm good. Just got back from uh, a little vacation and uh it was very nice we went up to maine um just a little bit south of acadia national park and we hung out in acadia for a little bit uh and just got to see that part of the country uh at a good time too i mean it wasn't like peak leaf season but it was pretty close so we got some good color and just got to hang out with uh riley's family and it was good
0: nice That's one place I've always wanted to visit. We just haven't had a chance. So we just need to make some time and go. So
1: yeah, Acadia is cool. I mean, it's, I always kind of in my head pictured it as like one of the more, I don't know if forgotten is the right word, but it just, it feels like the most out of the, I mean, it's not true. There's places in Alaska and probably maybe Hawaii. No, probably just Alaska. I was gonna say the most like out of the way national park. Um, Excluding Alaska, but <laughs> because it feels like, you know, Tetons are right next to Yellowstone. And like, once you're in that part of the country, you can go over like the Rockies and you have like Utah, you know, so there's just like a lot of, whereas like you're up there in Maine, like, you know, top right corner of the country. And so it was, it was really nice. I kind of, it's like the Smokies met the ocean and there's a lot of big rocks that the ocean crashes against. And so everything that you would kind of want and stereotypically expect from that part of the country is cool.
0: Nice. You mentioning Alaska, I mean, funny moment this week. One of my kids, I think he was being sarcastic, but he was like, Dad, is Alaska like an island? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, every time you look at it on a map, you have like the US and then you have Hawaii and you just have like Alaska just like there. Yeah. And then the other one was like, no, it's connected to Canada. And he was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's connected to Canada. He's like, well, that's dumb. Is it not connected <laughs> to America? And I was like, no. <laughs> so we had like this whole tangent about like, because of maps he was like i think he knew that alaska wasn't an island but it was just like why is it always depicted as just like the middle of nowhere and (laughs) because geography you're a geography major that was uh
1: i am yeah it's i mean that's i haven't heard that trip before um but like i've heard you know oh it's the whole like you know kids think Greenland is like the same size as Africa, and no, it's just no. bad map projections. You know, growing up, yeah. So yeah, it's that's a new one though. But yeah. how are you, Mike? I know
0: you've you've had some stuff. <laughs> we did have some stuff. Um, so I, I tweeted it out just to sort of um, I share, I guess we'll say, because I'm sure there are other people that have been in this situation before. But essentially, Thursday night. Uh, my oldest son had a varsity game i won't say against two and basically it was i don't know two-thirds of the way through the first half um he picks up the ball on the left side of the field he was playing like left forward essentially and makes a little move beats one guy and starts to cut at angle towards the goal there's still like four defenders on the back line so i'm still like Okay, like we'll see where this goes. This other team at that point was already up like seven, nothing. So it wasn't even like really a contest. And uh, yeah, my my son sort of took a touch a little too far and kept running after it. But the defender came out and sort of like laid down horizontally, like came in for like a horizontal slide, not like across his leg, but like across the ball. Like he was just going to lay down and just power through the ball. And my son decided to go for the ball. And at the time I heard what I thought was like two shin guards coming together. And later we now realize was his tibia, which is your shin bone completely snapping in half. And so um, he, to his credit, he, he like, like toppled over the guy and he lay there for a second and then he tried to stand up. It was just like, Nope. And <laughs> just like laid back down on his stomach. Trainer went out. Uh, I could tell from the look on the trainer's face that like the trainer was like, Oh crap, like this isn't a sprain that I can just wrap. And so they, uh, they bandaged him up um, to the kid's credit. The kid who like made the tackle, he helped my son off the field and seemed like very remorseful about the whole thing. But afterwards we um, we took a trip to Latrobe hospital because it's the closest one on the way there. We're like scale of one to 10. How's it feeling? He's like, ah, it's like a nine. Like it hurts. And so we go, we sit in the emergency room. We're in the waiting room for like 45 minutes. We finally get in. He's laying there. Hasn't taken anything for the pain at this point. They take him back for x-rays. He comes back. I'm like, how you feeling? He's like, eh, it's like a five or six. At this point, they've taken off his shin guard. And there's like oh God, the shape of the shin guard in his leg because of how splint. So at this point, I'm like, oh, maybe it's just bruised. Like, no big deal. Like, all right, like, you know, we'll we'll go home. You know, he might not be able to play for a few days, no big deal. <laughs> and then, and the the ER doctor came in and was like, Well, you really did it good. And he was like, What? And literally, I mean, the x-ray, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen the x-ray because I put it on social media, so yes, I'll put it yeah. up here. But literally, it's just like it's like you just took it and just it's like a twig that just snapped. And so uh, they couldn't do anything about it in La Trobe. So they put us in an ambulance and we went to Children's and Children's was amazing, but they basically had to say they, they gave him some morphine before we left. He was like, I don't want to take anything. Like he felt like he was fine. And I was like, dude, you need to, we're going to be in, in an ambulance. It's going to be like bumpy. They need to resplit Like just, they give him some morphine. He was out. Like he like fell asleep. I was like, okay, good. Like that's good. And then we got to Children's and uh and they sedated him again and then basically like pushed everything back into place and casted it up and so he now has a cast that literally runs from his groin to his heel because they don't want any twisting to occur and it can occur above the knee and so we didn't get home until 5 30 that morning um because basically we were in bloomfield and then we drove an hour home and the whole time i'm thinking i'm like i've been up for longer than 24 hours at this point i'm exhausted but like i need to get the family home and so uh that was a fun trip but you know we were safe it was fine i had i was just like constantly drinking water to like i'm like all right this motion's keeping me awake i'm good um Yeah. And then, you know, we basically really, we left home a few times, but because of how long the cast is, even just getting in the car is difficult because it's, his leg is so long. Like even in the front seat, we slide the front seat all the way back and he's still almost like bumping the car door. So, um, but he's good. He's, he's been figuring out how to manage on crutches, um, which was a bit of a struggle at first, but he's now like doing laps around the house and figuring out how to get up and down and all of that. But, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, you figure one incident in a game and basically the recovery we see is anywhere four to six months. And so I don't know how long he'll have the full leg cast before hopefully they step down to a smaller cast before they step down to a boot. But it's just like, there goes like everything. Like we had talked about going skiing this winter, like that's not going to happen. You know, we talked about going away. Susan's 40th birthday is coming up and she and I were going to go away for a few days and we're like, that's not going to happen. So it's just one little incident can just blow everything up. But aside from that, we know that accidents happen. I don't, it wasn't nefarious at all. His team has been amazing sending him text messages and signs of support and all of that. Um, But yeah, it was a crazy weekend. We ended up, you know, basically just staying inside. We were, you know, I probably got an hour of sleep that night. So over 48 hours, I probably slept for an hour, hour and a half. So we kind of just crashed and watched Hocus Pocus 2. And we've been catching up on stranger things and all of that. Um, So now we're just getting back to some semblance of of reality. The younger two went back to school today. He'll go to school tomorrow. We had to make some arrangements with the nurse because even just like getting to class and like carrying stuff, like it's a whole thing. And so, um, but the school has been amazing. The principal was there and she was like helping him, like giving him crutches and like a chair for him to sit in. So she was like intimately aware, like there's no BS here when he goes in and she's like, what happened? She's like saw the whole thing. Our youngest had teacher today, he took in the excuse and he was like, yeah, my brother uh, broke his leg. Um, I think, I don't know if he said like, whether it was a sport or what it was, And that's why he couldn't be there on Friday. And the teacher was like, I was at the football game on Friday and there were no like injuries. And he was like, no lady, like this was soccer and like (laughs) you weren't there. So get over it. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been in, I do not want to say eventful. It's just been a different weekend for us. Just sort of processing everything and sort of trying to figure out the implications of all. I mean, even thinking so far ahead as, um, you know, he's 15, he'll turn 16 in May. He's been, you know, air quotes, practicing driving in our yard. And in reality, he might still be going through physical therapy when he turns 16 and won't be able to press down on a gas pedal. So like, that's kind of where we're at. I hope that's not the case. I hope recovery goes a lot smoother. We will find out. He's already talking about track and do track, but like, just don't know. So, yeah. It's been positive,
1: positive outlooks, hopefully. But yeah, that's that sounds very uh, intense.
0: Yes. So apologies to those who were, you know, hoping that we would come here and talk about a, a rain soak game. Uh, sorry, Harry, uh, from dry <laughs> San Antonio. Congrats, Harry, on the uh, on the W and on the uh, I couldn't tell if that was a toilet seat or what it was that the team was hoisting as like champions. I don't know if you saw this. San Antonio posted a video from their locker room at Heinz field or Heinz field, Highmark stadium, essentially pretending like they had just won because they clinched the top spot in the entire league with that win. So um, kudos to them for that. It stinks that it happened at Highmark and it happened because we lost in a rain. So game, but that's kind of where we're at. So, Um, The only real thing that I just wanted to sort of bring up, we put out a uh, a poll um, just, you know, again, this was a goal that was late and we said, Hey, raise your hand if you're tired of giving up late goals. And 86% of people said, detach your hand and toss it. Like that's how much, uh, you know, they're upset about it. And just to put that in some context. So this past week we let up a goal in the 86th minute, we lost one, nothing the week before we drew 1-1 with OC after giving up a goal in the 90th minute. Against Birmingham the week before, we basically lost after a goal in the 67th minute. But more importantly, Peter's got a red card in the 91st and Mertz got a yellow in the 94th. So there's absolutely something that's going on here with this team that late in the game, we just lose our heads. And I don't know how you explain that. I mean, have we? there was a tweet that we had put out uh, one of our polls just sort of asking what do you think is going on with the team? Is this mental? Is this leadership? What is this? I think we're going to ultimately save that conversation for the postseason, um, Cause I know that like Justin and Steve had some thoughts, but we said like, let's not get into this while well, there's still three games left, but I don't know. I mean, what's your, what's your state of mind with all of this going on? Um, I mean, I, it's it's not like, it's not
1: completely right off the season and walk away or whatever, because, I mean, we will still make the playoffs and we will have a chance to cause some drama. Um, and, you know, in one-off games, anything can happen. So I'm still holding on hope for that. I think really what I was looking forward to was the home playoff game, I think. I don't, mathematically, that it might even be rolled out by now, um, probably is. Um, but and once that chip is kind of sailed, then you know whether we're playing. I mean, this might sign, sound naive, but whether we're playing, well, Louisville, I would imagine, but whether we're playing Memphis or Tampa um, or Birmingham, uh, you know, I can kind of flip a coin for that in my personal preferences. Um, but. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's we still have some time to write things and get our heads right. It's not looking probable that that will happen. Um, obviously disappointed that the, the season's kind of ending this way. Instead of gaining momentum, we're losing it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... I'm I'm getting too close to broad season reflections and this is absolutely not the time for that. So um, disappointing, especially against a team like that where we, we kind of, I don't know, we don't really create a ton of chances, but you know, to, to lose it as as we did. Yeah. Obviously probably the most disheartening thing a fan can, can see.
0: Yeah. Harry just said that he thinks that the problem is the depth in his, honest opinion. I Sure. I, it's just, you know, it's frustrating. I think everybody's frustrated. Um, you know, we put up another poll today, Kev, where I mentioned that uh, on this week's episode, well, there were two episodes of Welcome to Wrexham. Um, they spent a lot of time talking about hooliganism, which is something that my kids didn't realize was a thing. And so watching that really sort of opened their eyes to like what like seriously like these people just get together and fight or they're just like pick fights at the stands and it's like yeah that's a thing that happens um but they broke supporters into sort of four different groups hooligans being one of them we don't really have hooligans in pittsburgh thank goodness we would not really tolerate that but we said Of the other three that they listed, which one would you be? So they said there's a happy clapper. So those are people who are just like happy to be there. They're just happy to have a team. It's like, all right, guys, good job. Let's go. I think we all know some happy clappers. You have your your always moaners where basically the team could be winning the championship and they still have something to complain about. Like, ah, yeah, but they could be doing this better. And then you just have your passionate followers that like no matter what, you're just behind the team. And you don't really get down. You don't really point out things. It's just you're there, and you're always going to be there. And sixty-one percent of uh, of people who took the poll put themselves in the passionate follower situation um, or category. Kev, where would you put yourself? Are you a happy clapper and always moaner, or a passionate follower?
1: Oh, I uh, who's who's uh, like that's some. I don't know if it's really sad or really beautiful. The people who admit that they're like moaning—they're the moaners. Like I just. That's either perfect, like self awareness, and you're in compl- your you you understand yourself, and you're not afraid, you know, you're not ashamed of it, you're not judging yourself, or it's just like, what are you doing? Like, why why are you clicking on Listen. that button? But Mike, yeah, I was going to say, I gonna say I, yeah, you, uh,
0: I'm I'm starting to fall into that cat. I didn't start. You there. are of
1: late, yes, you are.
0: Yes, of late, I definitely feel like I'm an always moaner, like. You know, oh, we draw no, no with Louisville, uh, but we could have beaten them. Like we were this close, and it's just I'm always finding something to moan about. But where are are you a happy clapper, a moaner, or a passionate follower? I don't know. I I
1: mean, normal to my you know thing. I don't think I could say one thing. I'd probably I don't know. <laughs> probably a mix of happy clapper and passionate uh, supporter. Um, because I don't know, and this might just be kind of contextualizing my like position against yourself currently. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, um, I don't know, I, I, guess I'm just, I don't think I'm that downhearted, uh, given disappointing runs. Like, I think I was, I was pretty level-headed when we went on that six game win the streak in the middle of the season um i think i'm being kind of level-headed now i don't know people can say i'm wrong you can say i'm wrong but so yeah i am you know i don't know i don't think i'm ever kind of too down in the dumps about this team i should say i'm never too down in the dumps about this club (laughs)
0: let's see if i can drag you down there with me in reality you just said that like you know anything could happen and it's a one and done do you have any confidence that this team is going to win any of their next three games? considering one of those as a playoff game yeah yeah would you put would you put money on it
1: yeah but you'd have to like give me off like you have to tell me the odds <laughs> like you know I'm if you're say, saying hounds win you know that's it
0: Hounds win. hounds
1: win and what i i put out a dollar and i get what a dollar or
0: something <laughs> we're getting we're getting into like No, I'm just like, you know. Yes. I know, I I would. I I think think where I'm at. Yes. Where I'm at, like, I look, we have Sacramento next, and then we have Oakland, and then we'll have a playoff game. And considering what we've seen of late, there's no no point where I'm not going to be like, well, this team could just burn and give up a goal at any point. I have no confidence that this team is going to do anything. Like, it used to be that, like, okay, you could always say that no matter what, we're only going to give up a goal a game. And like, that's it. That's all you're going to get. So now the offense needs to go out and do their thing. Or earlier this season, it felt like you could say, I shouldn't say early season. It's really, I think Daniels pointed out, like the statement game was the first game of the season, but there were moments over last season, this season where it's like, okay, we're going to go out and try to outscore guys. So you're figuring we're probably going to get maybe two goals a game. Like we're going to, to aim for that and that'll be good and two goals a game is a pretty good average for the usl like that'd be super i have zero confidence we're going to score and i have zero confidence we're going to keep it keep a clean sheet so there were a couple shots in this game i know it, it, that's that's the other thing that sort of gets me is that it's like you watch this game and it's like yeah but it's really wet and like both the, it feels like every game there's an excuse and i'm just like i'm just tired of it and it just this is kind of <laughs> where, where we're
1: at I I get it. I totally get it. I still think we win one one of the next three games. But Okay. Which one? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> you told me you told me one of the next three. I mean, I, I think it's I don't know. I'll say like uh, I don't know. Home probably.
0: Um so we go away to Sacramento and then we have Oakland at home and then yeah. we're likely going to go away in the playoffs. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Um, I still,
1: I don't. Know. I still, I don't think it's unreasonable for a playoff win either. I mean, I be, listen, I, these, I, I, these, I play, are, you know, these players, these players didn't get to play their playoff game last season. They, they're still kind of. They've been with a. A lot of them have been together over the past two seasons. You know, Lily is still Lily. Let's not forget. Um, so, you know. I, yeah, I, I think we win one of the next three games, and I think it's not unreasonable to say we win the first playoff game. But it's just, and I know that's hard to say now because there's not a lot of ev- evidence to go off of that, over the past four games. But like, I don't know. I just, I don't think. I don't know. I, if if I heard myself saying, if I was a listener right now, I heard myself say what I'm about to say. I'd be like annoyed. But like, I just, I don't, I don't just, I just don't feel like we lose the next three games. I just don't think that's in like the realm
0: of what's possible in the Bob Lily universe. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I, yeah, uh, I had a thought and now I think it's gone. Um, yeah. I guess we'll just sort of like have to wait and see what happens to your point about Lily. Um, we, <laughs> somebody tweeted and it got some, uh, it got some tread. Uh, I guess it was Devraj underscore data on Twitter. Uh, He said, at Mongols, can we change up the the tradition? Players can go dry off in the locker room while the fans berate Lily in the center circle. So (laughs) I kind of feel like not that we're necessarily part of this conversation, but I do think that there may be a conversation once we get to the postseason of like, what is the future of this team? We touched on it a little bit last week. Uh, There were some subtle nods towards like, it might be great to see Lily go into maybe like a director of operations sort of position and Dan Visser gets a shot because you want him off the sidelines, Mike. I'm just I'm just saying that called it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> at a certain point, you kind of have to look and say, Are we progressing or not? And if the answer is not, then what do you do? And I I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. Send that's all an of end your of the hate season discussion points. Send out. send all of your hate mail to at Sparks K sixteen on Twitter. Um, I, I know that's that. not once your Twitter again, handle. I, I keep saying that's your Twitter handle. And I know that's not like
1: I will. Handle. I mean, like going back to Harry's point of like maybe a lack of death too, though. But like, so you know, we, like what do you want Lily to do? I, you know, like once again, I don't. I don't even know if if Dane Kelly was hurt or not. Dane Kelly doesn't make the bench. Um, right. You know, we're kind of relying on like what. Kiza to come in and be our our attacking kind of option, and if, you know, so I, I just don't know what. Yeah, if if depth is the problem, Lily's probably kind of turning around and saying like, "What do you want me to do?" Like, right? You know, he. So I I don't know what the answer is other than try to, you know, give a rallying speech and kind of rally these players for a final season push because they've showed it in other parts of the season that they're better than probably what they're performing right now. um it's just trying to make that mental switch to, to change that.
0: I think it is mental. I mean, I think these guys are too good to be just letting in goals, you know, at the end of the game or doing making stupid mistakes at the end of the game. And to your point, if you told any team that they could have Dane Kelly or Kiza or, you know, you even look at his, his history, something like Argudo who played in MLS. And it's like, yeah, you have him on the bench. And like, none of these guys are making a difference. I, it's it's mental, it's, it, I think that's the way, yeah, I, I just roll,
1: it's, that's the hard part, yeah, because like, you know, the lack of depth point that's been made, it's like, I don't know, it's both right and wrong, because yeah, you have Dane Kelly in your squad but he's not being used, which makes me think that Lily's looking at him and saying he doesn't work in my system. In which case then there's question because it's like, it's not like Dane Kelly's an unknown product, right? He's been around the block long enough. He scored enough goals. So is it like, you know, should we have never gotten him in the first place? Do we not do enough homework on him to understand that he wouldn't have fit in with this group of players or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it feels weird because it does seem like we have death, but we're not, using it
0: or lily doesn't have confidence in it or something it just feels like we are not the sum of our parts right now and the question you have to ask is well whose fault is that um you know you kind of want to take all of your pieces and elevate them collectively so that they're better than the other parts and right now it feels like we're playing that aside from somebody like a danny griffin who's like literally just trying to do everything he can all the time but yeah my man crush for him is real you know that um let's see what other things do we have here i guess anything else you want to talk about as it relates to the team we did have a few random topics that were sent in that we could talk about to sort of fill some time and liz found one person to interview but no like we're giving we're giving was- valuable content Mike. we're not filling time we're giving we're not filling time we're not content <laughs> This is very true. We are not filling time. I'm just saying before we move on to the non on the field relevant stuff per se, there go. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about as it relates to on the field happenings or players or anything?
1: I think we covered it. I mean, I, the, the only thing you know the the out for the team is you know it is you know our opponent clinched the, for the best team in the league in, in this in this game. You know they're obviously not bottom of the pile type people, and so you know th- th- there's something there about that. But it's I don't know. That's the only balance I can provide. I'm it's, dragging. It's a, it's I'm dra-
0: week, dragging you down with it's me, a weak one, like- but yes, let's <laughs> move
1: on to the to, to the off the
0: field stuff. All right, so uh, let's go. Let's go to Liz's stuff first. This is like a double questioner, and apologies for the uh, the swearing at the beginning of it. Guys, this is a bullshit banter
1: brought to you by Liz's libations because there are not enough people in the stands, and I'm hiding from the rain. I might be the only one asking you questions. Question one: Based on today's weather, why does anyone want a winter schedule? For North America. I think you're wrong. Question number two. When it is raining like this, should the free
0: drinks from the hounds be liquor and not booze? So do you want to take question one or two first? I
1: think we both have to take both questions. Eventually. <laughs>
0: well, I was eventually we gotta take them. What do you want to start with?
1: I mean the booze one's easy. Um absolutely <laughs> you should. Uh why not? You know, just you gotta you gotta look after your, your family and right. looking after your family in this case for you know health and comfort reasons, just means liquor. So, you know That's, that's right.
0: right. Yeah. Gotta go look. Got to get warm on the inside so that you can be warm on the outside. And, uh, yeah, so I don't disagree with that. Um, there's the bigger question that we we posted out a, a poll a few weeks back asking about this whole shift, potential shift of rather than playing spring, summer, fall, USL has tossed around the idea of playing fall, winter, spring. Now, obviously, they do it in Europe, but a quick Google search uh, pulls up that the average temperatures in January and February in London bottom out at 40 degrees and sort of max out at 50 degrees. So that's clearly a scenario where it doesn't get as cold in at least the England area. I didn't check obviously Germany or Italy or France or anywhere else, Sweden, where they play the fall, winter, spring, but what are your thoughts on this whole topic kev i don't know if we've actually ever gotten inside your head on this i i don't
1: really have an opinion on it um from a from a like fan comfort standpoint like couldn't I don't know this is this is where my lack of knowledge for other sports comes in couldn't you make the argument that like okay well there's like football games in january right Mm -hmm. and like fans show up and you know you do your thing now you know nfl seasons are shorter than than mls or usl seasons so arguably you're having more games in that type of weather which could be difficult um so on, yeah, on, but then, I mean, I don't know. I feel like at the same time, you're also, ha- you're, you're, you're kind of capped off in the summer too where hydration breaks are becoming more and more of a thing um, where you're hitting temperatures, you know, with heat and in, in, heat index above 100. And, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it, maybe in the long term, it's easier to put up with winter weather than hot summer weather, but maybe not... And then you're aligned. With these. So I don't. I don't really have. I, I think there's. There's not a clear answer. There's not like all signs point to one solution. Otherwise, this wouldn't be a debate. Um, but I. So I. I feel like for now, maybe probably keep it as it is. Uh, spring, summer, fall, and then kind of, I don't know. Monitor it as as the 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 following of the sport changes over time. Potentially getting more followers, and whether or not that means, commercially, we need to switch over to a schedule that you know kind of appeases broader soccer schedules so we can integrate more in like other things i mean what i know there's a there's like a isn't there like a a champions league thing for north america and like latin america happening in in the coming you know years so that's kind of interesting so i don't know i i I don't have a good answer for it but yeah i get that i I get the feeling
0: i mean you you bring up a good point about you know american football you know imagine if if the hounds did play you know during the winter the killing that highmark stadium would make on selling hot chocolate and like hot drinks because people would just keep going back for more and more and more the I don't problem know. with you could you could say it balances out by more people are
1: deterred from going to the game in the first place but
0: that's true i feel like at highmark you're, you're more exposed than you are at football games i feel like most football games are big bowls and so therefore it Might be windy, but you're not getting like the full blast of wind like the Steel Army is, or really any of the fans are, unless you happen to be sitting in the boxes with the wind at your back. So the wind is probably the biggest issue at Highmark. But there are places across the country that are further south that it would actually be great to play you know, fall, winter, spring, because the temperatures will dip down into the forties. That's as low as they go. And you, like you said, you're not dealing with the heat indexes in the hundreds where it's actually dangerous to play. You're just dealing with, you know, a frozen ball and it's cold. So I I'm still sort of torn on this whole thing. I do agree. I think you get more people going to games in the summer, but with the shifting landscape of soccer, is people's tolerance for the weather gonna or, or, or yeah, or, or is people's tolerance for the weather not gonna deter them from going to a game?
1: Also, I mean, yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not going to Highmark every week or every two weeks. Um, so I don't feel what
0: it feels like to sit in the stands in
1: these games. So,
0: yeah, well, I listen, I was not there this weekend, but I have been in two games in the early fall where it is rained and it is miserable. Like you're freezing. Those are the games that you remember. But I also think that because of the spring, summer, fall mentality, you don't tend to think like, I need to bring a winter coat to a hounds game. But in reality, like maybe you should bring a winter coat to a hounds game. And like, if you dress expecting the winter, then it's not as bad. It might actually be okay. And so, I mean, that's, you know, that's why supporter scarves are really a thing is because it's meant to keep your face warm during a game. They started branding those and that's, that's how they came about. So I don't know. I, it will be interesting. It feels like, like I said, something the USL is dancing around and at some point they're going to say yes or no, or it'll just like continue hanging out there and they won't do anything about it. And maybe they'll get the pro before that. Who knows? But those, those seem to be the two big things that, you know, they're they're considering. So, thanks, Liz, for the question. Hopefully, you got yourself a sticker uh, for that. And uh, mm-hmm. let's go on to our next uh, question that we got. So, Dr. Matthew Brown on Twitter at brown a matthew uh, said Pittsburgh River Power Rankings. So, Kev, we have the Allegheny, which is northish of the city. You have the Monongahela that Highmark Stadium is on, and you have the Ohio that they flow into. Gut reaction, which of those three is the best?
1: Um, I mean, given what we're talking on right now, it's Monongahela, um, obviously, is number one. Um, I drove along the Allegheny a lot growing up in Pittsburgh, so that's probably number two. And you know, Ohio, that's out. There. I never I never messed with the Ohio River. So but it I mean, you know, it is cool how it's like it's the summation of the other two. So you could say it's better than the other two because it's literally made up of the other two. Maybe they're not actually. I don't know about like the flow directions or anything, but um yeah. But yeah, I, you know, Monongahela, come on. It's you know, Highmark. Mark. It's on it's on the mon. We're called Mongols. You know, South Side's great. Or is it? I don't even know anymore. I live in <laughs> Pittsburgh in, like, you know, 10 years. Um, so,
0: yeah. Mon, Allegheny, and then Ohio. I would go – I think I'm going to go Allegheny, Mon, Ohio. Ohio is just, like, you once you hit the Ohio, you're, like, outside the city. Like, you've gone past it. It's it's flowing down. The Ohio is, like, the lifeblood of Cincinnati and Louisville. And, like, great. They can have it. Like, You're right. We grew up in Penn Hills, so we spent a lot of time sort of the east and north side of the city along Allegheny River Boulevard. You have Oakmont is on the Allegheny. You have Strip District. uh, Strip District. You have the zoo is overlooking the Allegheny. Lawrenceville. Um, Lawrenceville. Like I feel like everything that's like happening like is along the Allegheny. You, You know, PNC Park is on Allegheny. Really the most Monongahela has Highmark Stadium. it has the south side kind of if you follow it further down you have um oh crap now I'm totally gonna blank not watchs you have the inclines come on the inclines are like quintessential Pittsburgh <sighs> yeah yeah that's true you uh not the steelworks what is the I'm completely blanking I guess technically Kennywood is on the mon. Um, it's far enough down, and that whole like area. Sandcastle. Sand. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Sandcastle is on the mon. So there's like a lot on the mon. I just it feels like those other things are somewhat detached from. It, it feels like the Allegheny sort of extends the city of Pittsburgh in ways that the Mon doesn't. It feels like the Mon sort of hits the south side and then like vanishes through the mountains until it comes out near Kennywood and Sandcastle and. Um. Yeah, that whole area, which now the name is completely escaping me, which I'm just gonna be paying for that later. But um yeah, I you think I the
1: Monongahela defines Mount Washington, Mike. Come on, that's
0: oh, I guess you could crap. <laughs> I'm still going I'm still going Allegheny Mon Look, Ohio.
1: I was going to say, the personal attachment, I, I'm, I'm personally attached to the Allegheny. But, you yeah. know, given the
0: context of the show they're on, and I've kind of tucked myself into the Mon. Uh, I, I
1: like, I like
0: the Listen, the, the Mon goes a lot further south than I thought. We went to, a, we had a game against Charleroi, which is like 45 minutes south of the city. And all of a sudden, I was driving, and there was like this body of water. And I was like, is that the Mon? And like, literally pulled up my Google Maps. I'm like, yes, it is. And drove across the Mon. So... Yeah, we're probably you know, even getting, though we grew
1: even though we grew up around the Allegheny, you know, our family roots really go back to the Monongahela because you know what, like McKees- McKeesport, Braddock—that's uh, true. You know, like both of those are along the Mon. If, so it
0: feels like the Mon is like the older river. Like it feels like you know, in terms of steel towns and like like older communities, like you said, like the the the. Radix, the McKee sports, the glass sports, like it feels like those are all older community. And again, all of your hate mail at Sparks K-16. Um, whereas Allegheny was sort of like the newer extension of the city is going up that way. But yeah we'll we'll put out a poll i I think it's an interesting question it's a good question yeah it's
1: a it's a question that like you know pittsburgh is i don't know once again not living in it and for the past like 10 years um you know it's not talked about enough not debated enough
0: that's right which river is best so um i think that's all of like the randomness that we have for this one kev uh Is there anything else that you had wanted to talk about before we just quickly touch on when the Hounds' next game is in case people want to watch?
1: No, I don't think so. Everything, I I, I really have to resist the urge in this one to do kind of like broader, yeah, perspectives on the season, broader perspectives on where the club's moving forward. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, we, we
0: were resisting it last week too but it feels like we'll be having that conversation soon enough so um, let's see uh, quick plug if you're looking for something to do next weekend actually there's a, they play Oakland next weekend so never mind I was going to say Fort Ligonier Days is next weekend so if anybody's looking to get some good old country air uh, come on out to Ligonier and I will probably be be there we have a food truck uh for the scouts where we're selling ham barbecue hot ham and swiss hot dogs if you get there early enough we have cinnamon crunch muffins and coffee so like that'll be good but just throwing out there something to do um how are you feeling about Liverpool? (laughs) polka
1: i mean you know it, it it feels easier to swallow given just how good like holland looks um
0: I, he has so so he has more or he has as many games with a hat trick in them as Ronaldo does in the, in Premier, the Premier League, League. and yeah. he's played nine games, yeah. So no, it's so ridiculous.
1: Far. I think I saw a number like if he continues to score at this rate and you know doesn't get injured and but yeah. you know, caveats yeah. everywhere, he ends up scoring over 100 goals this season in all comps. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah, I mean, he's. He's amazing, and I just don't see how City drop let me, anything barring injuries.
0: Let me ask you this question, though. Is it that he is so amazing, and I'm not knocking the guy at all. The dude is amazing. Or is it that in another system, he would not be doing nearly as well? It's, it's the fact that he's in city, and Pep is literally like, don't you move vertically from anywhere beyond the actual goalposts, and your job is simply to crash the net and get goals. That is it. We will just put the ball on the plate for you, and you will just score, and that is it.
1: Like everything else in life, Michael, it's not black or white. It's not either or. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Yeah, of course. Like of course, playing with De Bruyne and Foden, and you know, all these other great players, ele- in in playing with you know underpass system, elevates them a little more. But let's not forget, there's a there's a good long stretch where in Dortmund, he was scoring a goal a game too, which is oh, just yeah, like yeah. ridiculous. For sure. So no, yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, he's very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's like Riley uh, would like, like kind of it, like knows who he is and how good he is and has seen his goals. And she, you know, she's like, why, you know, why do you think he's just so good? And the thing I just keep coming back to, you now it's obviously more than this, but I just, his, his physical presence is just significantly better. He's, he's faster. He's taller, He's stronger, he jumps higher. And he, it just seems like he's ruthless with constantly testing you against that. He's just going to keep running at you. He's going to keep, you know, kind of pushing you around and shorting. And he's just relentless. And, and that's just like, as a defender, like that's your work. Cause it's like, how do you, you have to outthink speed you have to outthink strength and height you have to out and it's just really hard to try to figure out a way around that and no he's just amazing and i and it feels weird to say this but i love watching him like i i love wa- I, I love seeing the goals he scores i love you know it's it's kind of cool to to see him you know i and i think it's still super early he has a long career ahead of him hopefully um, but, I, you know, I have vividly remember the articles written in the twilight, you know, now that we're in the twilight of Ronaldo and Messi's career, everyone's saying like, you know, we will not see anyone challenge these numbers in a long time. And I think we will. I think we're seeing it right now. <laughs> and, you know, I think Mbappe has, uh, has some thinking to do on if he wants to try to keep pace with, with Holland. because, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And you like how you like how I completely misdirected your original question about Liverpool, and now we're just talking about Holland yeah, yeah, yeah. And City. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good job. Um, I think it was Tifo. Uh, somebody did a video a few weeks back that was talking about like why is Holland so dominant, and it's it's everything you said. It's the size. It's the strength. It's the fact that he doesn't just like post up in the box. He's always running at the ball to make a play. So you're basically trying to stop a freight train like he's just going to run over through around you and take you out in the process anybody that has that speed but is slightly smaller isn't as successful anybody that's that big and is slightly slower isn't that successful he's just like he has the magic of everything and he yeah he yeah. plays to his
1: uniqueness perfectly
0: and even there the, the uh, they played villa and true is a case where literally he still scored in that game by just like getting free and leaping and like passing the ball into the net where the ball was at like somebody's head because he could just jump so high, like tapped it in, and it's like there's there's nothing you could do, like it's just.
1: Well, that's what I love. I mean, I I wanna I hope Mbappe still remains in the conversation because they are so different. Like Mbappe's brilliance comes from his like grace and speed and technical ability um i think mbappe can do things that holland can't um mm-hmm. and that's what makes him amazing and great and everything but holland has has a body that mbappe doesn't and he he's far more so brutal perfectly.
0: yeah it's like it's a very brutalistic approach he just goes yeah. And yeah. it's yeah
1: and it's it's wonderful to watch
0: <laughs> it's it's like Ronaldo and Messi like there it's two different styles but like yeah. so we'll see um
1: what's going on in the, in the you know, Villa world is uh are you still looking for Gerard to, to leave
0: I, I don't want to say that I was ever looking for Gerard to leave I just you feel for the guy he seems like he's a really nice guy he obviously has a lot of history uh as a player He speaks really well, and he's very transparent with everything that's going on. But, I mean, you feel for the guy because literally the two massive signings that they went out to make this offseason both have gone down with injuries. So they're both out for a few months. So you're basically back to the team that you had last year. And in addition to that, you're losing players, and like the depth is just gone from this team. So you have a fan base that is like, where's the results? Like we're spending all this money on players. Why aren't we higher than 14th? We need to do better than we did last year, but you have a team that's just like breaking down physically where, you know, when we play man city and Ashley young is your best player, like that's kind of have some issues. And so there's some, there's some rookie ish mistakes that I think that he made, like in terms of picking his captain. Um, I I don't think John McGinn was the right choice as captain. And, you know, favoring Catino over Buendia because, like, Catino is kind of your buddy. Like, that shouldn't happen either. Um, so, I, I hope that he turns it around and that they go on a successful run and he, he continues to develop as a manager at Aston Villa. I think that would be great for everybody. We're just going to have to wait and see. You know, they were, they were, they had leads down to 10 men and still couldn't score and Leeds almost scored at the end of the game against them. So it's like come on man, like this is a team you need to be putting away and it's just it's tough. So yeah. It's kind of like the hounds um you know, I hope I I want the hounds to prove me wrong. We're here relatively negative and I keep saying prove me wrong. I'd love to come on this show and we're like 3 games into the playoffs and I would you know, be saying I was wrong. Like they fixed it, they got it right. I will happily say that I was wrong. But like I at this point it just doesn't feel like that's the case. So we shall see.
1: Um do you, uh, wrapping it up, do you think City won? I don't I mean I know Arsenal like win is, everything. That's what I mean. Sorry. Like yeah, the yeah, League.
0: Yeah I think Arsenal Arsenal's making a show of it. I don't think Tottenham uh, Tottenham have flashes. Like I feel like everything has to be going perfectly and then Tottenham look dominant, but they're not going to, everything isn't going to go perfectly every single game. And so I think that, yeah. And, and, you know, we'll see what what Potter does with Chelsea, but I don't foresee them making sort of a late push. So I think it's going to come down to Arsenal and city. And I just think that, I think Arsenal are fall apart. There's
1: there's no ch- they. This is this is great and it's cool and whatever. But I don't know. I think in so many cases where this is the first time they've kind of been here and they're smelling this air, and I think that lasts for a honeymoon kind of length of a period, and then you know,
0: well, and I kind of liked what was going on at United. You know, benching Ronaldo. Aldo putting in Rashford, you know, it, it seemed like those pieces, they got Anthony and like, he seemed to be pulling things in a way that it looked good, but then you go and lose six to three to city this weekend. And it's like, when you're playing a team, that's consistently getting six goals, what chance do you got? Like, it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's cities to lose at this point. And I know we're not even, you know, we're not even halfway through. We're not even at the world cup break yet. And it's just like, what are you gonna do? So, are you gonna watch the World Cup?
1: Um, or
0: are you gonna protest?
1: Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Um, I, I've heard someone make the argument before of like, like a middle ground protest: be you watch it, but then you actively try to avoid the big sponsors uh, that sponsor the World Cup. So. You know, yeah. I don't know. If they're trying they're 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 putting out money and giving money to a World Cup organization in order to try to get money out of you. And that could be a form of protest and being like, well, I don't know, like Coca-Cola sponsors, blah blah blah, so I'm not drinking Coke or something. Um so maybe I'll do that, but I don't even know how I'm gonna stream it. Like I don't like I don't know how you can watch it. So maybe I won't be w- watching it based off of that, but but uh I'll probably like, kind of catch it like if uh, if
0: some games run it's tough because like at that point, I feel like it would have to take multiple world cups of people doing that for it to actually make an impact because at that point, you know, the world cup organization, Qatar, they all have the money. They don't care. They have the ad dollars. So, you know, and what the next world cup is in America. So like, are we not going to support that? And it's just, it sucks. So you hate to see it. Um, but Money makes the world go around, unfortunately. Um, and much like everything else in this episode, that feels very defeatist. But that's kind of where we're at. So <laughs> I think this is
1: the new low of this podcast. Let's, uh,
0: let's get out. Of here listen, we, in, uh, in, I mean, we, we live through the Dave Brant years. So like it's it, it's it's kind of telling. Maybe we should do we should go back and listen to one of those like old episodes. And just okay. like see where we were, yeah, mentally wise, that could be fun. Maybe I'll just dig one up and like re release it in the middle of the week and just be like, This is where it's at, like, this is where it was. You should do that, that'll be fun. I'll do that, okay. All right, cool. Anything else, Kev? I think no. that's it. You got any big plans for this weekend? Uh,
1: no, um, but what I think this, we is like the last free weekend before we need to. Bunker down. Well, not really, because after that, we're fine again. But we try to kind of keep be aware of when um, University of Tennessee football has a home game. And I think in two mm. weekends, they have a home game against like Alabama. So, like, we'll just not Oof. leave the house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just stay just stay in because it's just going to be very busy. Parking is going to be expensive. And just like so, usually we try to like go downtown and just kind of hang out and get some food or go to the farmer's market. But we'll have to kind of enjoy that this weekend yeah makes sense what about you
0: uh what do we got oh there's an eagle project going on so in scouts basically when you get to like the end of it you have to as a like as a scout you have to like plan a really big project that you're going to work on so like ollie has been working with um the carnegie museum has a nature reserve called powder Mill nature reserve where they do all sorts of studies and he's been working with them all summer in their avian research institute where he goes out and does bird banding with them i don't know if i've talked about this on the show before but basically he i used to drop him off at like 4 30 in the morning over the summer and he would be there and they would set up these nets and the birds would fly into the nets and they would take the birds in and they would put little uh tags on them on legs and they document and they log them so they know all about the different and sizes and all that. So he was working with them all summer. And so he's going to do his project is going to be like bird, building a bunch of um, birdhouses for the different species that stick around. So there's like uh, different duck boxes that they need for the pond. There are a number of barred owls that need homes. So he's going to build a bunch of barred owls. And then the entire pond area where all of the birds are has like become massively overgrown and they want to like knock all of that down to make it more hospitable for all of the birds. So that's going to be like his project is getting people together to cut all that down, build all these boxes, install all of them, do a whole thing. And because he has connections there, he's like helping people that he's worked with and he's really happy about it. The one we're doing this weekend is it. nursing home they're basically opening up or reopening a wing that had previously been closed and the wing overlooks a garden that has like completely fallen into disrepair and so this girl um, her project is to basically clean up the whole garden area bring it back to life so that the people whose windows are facing the garden have something pleasant to look at and so we'll go over there for a few hours and help her clean it up um otherwise just trying to like make sure we have Everything in order prior to four days the following weekend it's a big deal and uh, it's crazy like our whole weekend will be shot doing that um, but it's a really good fundraiser for the troop so if you are in the area feel free to stop by we'll be right on the diamond right next to the candy store so um, it's a good time I don't mind working there it's, it's actually a lot of fun it's like being in like a pressure cooker type kitchen where it's just like you're just throwing orders together and getting them out and, and time flies and yeah so
1: you gotta watch yeah. uh bear on hulu bear what is bear it's an I, I so i just started watching it um riley already watched the entire series and she's getting me to watch it now i'm in like episode three but it's it's just it's a really good it's another like chef cooking show
0: um oh, okay is it is it like reality based or is it fictional
1: fictional um so fictional characters fictional storylines or whatever um pretty much yeah i'm not gonna ruin it it's just good so far i've watched the episodes and like i remember turning into her after five minutes of the first episode and i was like yeah like I, there, there's just little things about it that you can just tell like oh this is going to be a good series like this is, this is good so yeah I would, I would recommend it
0: awesome we'll check it out we'll add it to our watching list while uh we sort of laid up on the couch so alrighty. well um Apologies if this was a bit of a downer episode. I feel like we covered a lot of ground, but look, if you watch the game, you know what happened. We didn't need to go into details on it. So hopefully, you know, there were a couple of nuggets here that uh, you enjoyed. And like I said, we'll put out the, the poll about the power rankings for the rivers. Cause that sounds like a good time, but. Otherwise, thank you, everyone, for joining us. As always, remember that you can be part of the conversation. Head to twitter.com backslash mongols. Click on the link in our profile to join our Twitter circle. Weekly reminder: of Black Lives Matter. We are proudly part of the Beautiful Wolf Game Network, which is home to more than 100 volunteer writer, pod, writers and podcasters covering local soccer. Help us all keep doing what we're doing. Head to bgn.fm, click the donate button, and help us cover our expenses. We appreciate the support. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers.